Germany never fails. Once again, it gives us a good race. The Honey Badger finally gets the podium for Reynolds. And the King, Lewis Hamilton, ties a record that we all thought would never be matched. Let's jump the start. Welcome in, everybody. Jump to Star Podcast here with uh, two of my closest friends. Ruben, say hello. What's going on, guys? We're here in Ruben's lovely new house. <laughs> Yancy, hello. Hi. Okay, so. Yancy's uh, so true today. Yes, yes. He's super chill, just like uh, Lando. But we're here on the uh, Eiffel How GP can I review. Not be? I'm a, sitting on a beach chair. <laughs> Eiffel GP review over at uh, Nürburgring. Uh, Getting into it is uh, I actually before getting into it, let's go over the socials. Of course, at Jump to Start F One on Twitter and on Instagram, on YouTube it's a Jump to Start Racing podcast, and as the podcast itself, it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and iHeart Radio. I heard you this time. Wow. Whoa! I, have to repeat I said it. it slow. He said it very did a good calm. job. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Finally, I'm going to get a trophy for this or something. <laughs> uh, so news coming into this race, uh, two actually pretty important pieces. But number one, I, I feel like I jinxed F1 in general when I said, wow, we haven't been having any COVID cases. But a Mercedes F1 team member tested positive for COVID. It didn't have any effects during the race, luckily. But that person had to go in quarantine. Uh, it's actually the second positive case since Sergio Perez, or not since, but with Sergio Perez this season. The bubble works. I'm not sure there's much more to say other than that. Round of applause for F1. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Only Yancy was ready to clap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, beyond that, um, we had a wonderful Saturday surprise. Um Actually, maybe it wasn't that wonderful, but apparently Lance Stroll couldn't get off the toilet on Saturday morning or Friday night. And our best headline of 2020 yes. so far. Um, and as a result, we had our friend, everybody's boy, Nico Hulkenberg, come in to replace him at Racing Point. Oh, yes. Nico. So it turns out that he just happened to have been, he was going to be doing uh, a meetup with Haas to potentially discuss you know next season and he was also doing some media because it was in germany he's a german driver he just happens to be in the area and is able to get out there for saturday morning to do fp3 couple of laps and then do the qualifying ended up obviously going out in q1 but you know he's he's back he's back this weekend any thoughts on this prior to moving on to the race weekend itself at least he gets to race this weekend. It's a good thing. Yeah. Because um, the last time it was like a world a whirlwind. And then it was just a disappointment of, well, it was. He did get to race, but that was the first weekend. That right? was he the did. first weekend, yeah. But it was just, no, the first weekend he didn't get to race. The second Correct. weekend he did get yes. to race. And um, it was just a disappointment that he couldn't get off, even off the grid. But, you know, he came in. He did an excellent job. You can't expect anybody to get out of Q3. If he would have even gotten out of Q3, it would have been a big deal. But 
you know, Nico's ready to race, man. If and he was, I guess he was talking to Haas. I didn't know that. Hope he gets to drive next year. Sure did a did a great job this weekend. Listen, this weekend he showed that a driver like Nico is missed. He came without any practice, pretty much. Yeah, he didn't go far in qualifying, but he did an awesome job in the race. He's still finishing the top ten. There you go. A little bit from of starting a, last place. By the a way. bit of a preview from Ruben. Yes, Oops. yeah, yeah. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> so race weekend. Let's jump into it. Uh, FP1 and FP2 were canceled due to the weather. It was raining cats and dogs and, and the Black Williams duck. I don't know if anybody saw it on their social medium, <laughs> media. Saw, yeah. <laughs> so those the were canceled, <laughs> which is actually a nice little intro when uh, for when we go back to Italy, to Imola, after Portimao. They're not going to have the Friday sessions. It'll be very similar to what we saw today. You won't be able to gather data. Which is a good thing. Uh, the more data... More unpredictability. Less data, more unpredictability. Or less, I'm sorry, less data, more unpredictability, better races. I think that's a winning formula so far. Qualifying itself was pretty pretty chalk, except that obviously him and Bora switched. Bora's got the pole position, him and Max immediately after. I'll, I'll give Yancey the floor here, who almost led me to believe, because of his enthusiasm, I didn't get to watch uh, qualifying live, <laughs> I thought that Leclerc had gotten pole because of his enthusiasm. Well, if if you follow my enthusiasm, you would think that Charles Leclerc wins every race. Yeah. But... I was in Charlotte! Charlotte! <laughs> yeah, baby! I think he's Woo! Now, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie did well this weekend. Qualified fourth, well, qualified. splitting the two Red yes. Bulls between Max yes, and... Yes, he makes uh, it sound like they're Alex boys. Alvin. Yeah, that's his, <laughs> Charlie, his Char- Charlie did well, man. He did good. Uh, he's been out driving that car all season. Um, obviously, he's made his mistakes. Uh, we're, no, we're <laughs> definitely not going to take away from that one. But he is putting that car, and especially when you compare him to the other driver that you can directly compare, which is his teammate, he is driving the lights out of that car and putting that car where it should, where clearly it doesn't belong. Even if he does do a good job in qualifying, you see that he does fall back during the race because the car is just not fast enough. So Charles Leclerc ended up qualifying fourth. Sebastian Vettel eleventh is what Yancey's referring to. Daniel Ricciardo sixth. Esteban Ocon seventh. This was obviously uh, after the Alex Albon fifth, and then Lando Norris, Sergio Perez, and Carlos Sainz round out the top ten in qualifying. As we talked about previously, Nico Hulkenberg was 20th. <laughs> yeah. So, out to the race. We have an immaculate jump of the start by Sebastian Vettel. See? Everybody's advertising us. That's why, <laughs> yes, that's yep, why yep. I, I can't totally disown Sebastian Vettel because he jumped the start. Yeah. What did he do? <laughs> he jumped the start. That's right. So, from there... Um, it was actually a pretty clean, pretty clean start to the race with uh, Hamilton and Bottas fighting in t- from the starting, uh, what is it, the start-finish uh, straight, turn one, turn two, until ha- uh, Bottas was able to pull away. Hamilton was had a great start, and he was able to really challenge going into the first turn and second turn. Uh, from there, as far as the top three finishers go, Valtteri Bottas locked up, ran off the track on lap 13, allowing Hamilton to pass him pretty much for good. And then bad luck as he has no power and is forced to retire the car on lap 18. 
Ruben, what do you think of the race here to this point between the two Mercedeses and then obviously going out uh, from there? No, at the beginning, I got you know, kind of excited a little bit. I thought it was we were going to start to see, you know, I started to get a glimpse of, you know, Nico Rosberg and Ham, especially in the first, in the first turn. Lap, yeah. yeah, in the first turn. So I was like, oh, I was, oh but I woke up, but I woke up, but I woke up. Uh, no, he didn't. <laughs> Well, he he was doing well up until the car failed him. It, not his. No, car. no. I'm saying no, he didn't because you know by the following turn, whatever Ham was already you know long gone. Yeah. I don't think he was doing well. He was oh, yeah. He no, was he had doing, a horrible star again. He like, was, was he was yeah. He had a horrible. It wasn't start. horrible. He, jumped, went. Hamilton just had a superb start. Okay, at least he got ahead of Hamilton at that point. But then he opened the door for Hamilton. That's all you need to do. He locked up going into turn one. Hamilton, I think at that point, was a bit, it was maybe one, one and a half seconds behind, which is more than enough of a lead, especially in that car. And considering that Hamilton is a faster driver, regardless. But when you open the door like that and you lock up that big, you know Hamilton's going to come after you. He sees that, forget about it, it's game over. And that's exactly what he did. Well, not only Hamilton, I think the top three. In the beginning of the race, the top three just started just to gain. Well, you know? I, I, I think the more accurate statement would be that any driver of Lewis Hamilton's caliber, so we're talking about a Verstappen, a Ricardo, or Leclerc, sees that, and we know that, I think we can all agree that that Botas is not of that caliber. He's a good driver, but he's not of a, he's not a superstar driver. Um, any, any of those drivers would have pounced on him just as Lewis Hamilton did. I don't think Botas is far from there, though. Because he stays in the he stays in the mix. You're either there or you're not, bro. It's F1. Come on, this is F one. You're either there, or you're not, man. He stays in the top three. You're not beating you. You got to beat your teammate. Damn. And you're you in the top to beat car. Ham? You want him to beat him? It's the only way that oh, up up until. Let's, it's up funny until because he point. just compared him to Nico Rosberg in the first lap, and now he's like, oh, you want him to be Nico Rosberg did. Yeah, but, <laughs> but he went crazy. He had to retire. Because that's the whole point. You, If you're in a top-running car, you got to beat your teammate. And it's been a disappointing season considering that he is in that car. He's been getting beat by by his teammate. Not by much, but he's been getting beat. And more importantly, he's not getting the victories when he should get the victories. No, no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, and what I'm saying is you want him to beat Ham because to me, Ham... It's the GOAT. It's not what I want him to do. It's what he <laughs> has to do. I know, but, you know, when you're racing next to the, you know, potentially the greatest of all time, and you're only missing out by hundreds or tens of a second, there's, there's yeah, some credit that have to be given to him, too. No, I, get, I do. I give him the credit for being a good number two driver. <laughs> all the time. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's, so I'm going to give you a comparison, right? As New Yorkers, as Knicks fans, oh, this is God. why... For the most part, like we love Patrick Ewing, but he's not brought up in the same stratosphere as even Jordan because he never got the Knicks past the person who is the greatest player of all time. There you go. Period. And you can say that about many players in the NBA during that era. And I'm going to give you another comparison. When Jordan was out, who stepped up? The Houston Rockets. So that's like Max jumping in to w- get the win, the race win, and not Bottas. That's exactly. Actually, I, I gotta write this one down because that was pretty good. <laughs> oh, now you just. I'm, I'm gonna pat myself on the back. I'm gonna hurt my arm doing that. <laughs> Bringing up the Knicks. Oh, so yeah. depressing. All right. So 
Charlie. So from there, I just uh, <laughs> I want to make sure that we uh, um, Hamilton ends up winning the race. It it really wasn't really that much competitive. Um, there was a safety car late lap forty five that brought the field together. But his restart was just so good that it wasn't ever really in question. Max Verstappen, obviously, he's uh, on his own as the number two second best driver on the grid. But he is head and shoulders above literally everybody else, including Valtteri Bottas. Can, is there any room for disagreement there? No, not at all. Like if no, Again, even as as you say that, and we're talking about Bottas. Can you say right now that Bottas is driving better than Max Verstappen in an inferior car? No, I think I think, Ber- I think Max is driving better th- better than Hamilton. To it's, be honest with you, yeah. And but we won't ne- we won't definitely know that until we see them in equal machinery. But which is never this is, which is not going to happen. Max coming to Benz. <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> that would be like the ultimate dream team. No, I think also um, well, so, so, so Skip. What something that caught my attention during the race, and it was uh, the, def- the the defensive play, you know, that Charles Leclerc did for like what three laps against Ricardo. Which yeah, is- we're gonna we're talking about the top three. Oh, we'll get my, there. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. No, but you know, keep talking about Leclerc. It's all right, bro. No, no, no. <laughs> have to say the truth. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> okay, so Max can really even keep it closer than ten seconds prior to the safety car. This includes a virtual safety car. Uh, which was lap 14, 15, 16, I, I believe. Uh, but from there, he never really, he, he fell back up to 10 seconds, but it was always between six and 10 seconds from him to, to Hamilton. Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton, ties Michael Schumacher's win record of 91, uh, making them literally the two best drivers. It's, it's academic at this point that, well, from, from what we see, that Hamilton is going to be able to win that seventh World Drivers' Championship tying him with Schumacher in all regards. What do you guys think? Greatest of all time? Goat Hamilton, bro. Yes, Goat Hamilton. I think um, he will be regarded as, when his career is done, he will be regarded as the best driver ever in F1 history. Yeah, but he's in the best car. He, uh, his team always just, you know. Ayrton Senna was on the best. Actually, we're watching, look at this. We're watching Hamilton. We're watching Ayrton Senna and Alan Prost in Sky Sports. On Sky Sports, driving the MP44, regarded as the best car ever. It just happens to be on TV in front of us. Yeah. 15 out of 16 victories. You're going to, that, and does that diminish how great Prost and Senna were? No, no, but, but uh, you know, Lewis Hamilton faces those criticisms when Sh- today. When Schumacher won most of his championships, he had the best car. Well, actually, all of them that were considered the best car on the grid. At that time. Yes. So all championship drivers have the best cars. That's the point. That's why you get in the best cars, because you're a great driver. Can't be a mediocre driver and win a championship. A.K.A. Botas. <laughs> Damn, yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, during the podium ceremony, uh, after the podium ceremony, I'm sorry, both, I, keep, uh, I keep screwing this up. But before the podium ceremony, Mick Schumacher comes out, who happened to be at, at Nürburgring. He was supposed to drive an FP1 to hand, out, to hand uh, Lewis Hamilton his father's helmet 
from uh, when he raced with uh, uh, with Mercedes, which obviously was a, a nice. Uh, no, it was gesture. it was a it was a helmet where he drove his last season with Ferrari, I believe it was. Nope. Oh no, it was with Mercedes. Yep. Yes, thirteen. Okay, so there you go. Nice helmet too. Very nice. The red helmet. Yeah. Obviously, Lewis Hamilton didn't expect it. He was. You could tell on his face that he was uh, emotional. He brought it out with him on the podium. But yeah. They did uh, not get it dirty with the champagne, though. Thank God. No. They took I don't it think away. they were going to do that, no. But he, I think he wanted to show it to the jury. Yeah, yeah, he did. And there were, there were fans at the race, too. Um, I think it was appropriate for him to actually tie that record in Germany. Um, it was a very nice moment. And you got a record. Listen, we're living, we're seeing history. As F1 fans, we're seeing history. Of course. Appreciate it. Don't hate. Appreciate what you are watching. Because that are those are amazing feats, and those are records when they were being set by Michael Schumacher. Those records were considered to be non-breakable, and for it to happen so fast, which, which tells you what, the level later? of talent that is entering F1, that's pretty amazing, man. I'll tell you what, I don't believe that the records that Hamilton sets will ever be broken. We talked last episode that these engine regulations are going to stay till 2025. So Mercedes is going to be a force until the next regulations, right? I, I would have to assume. And then beyond that, Lewis Hamilton has not seen, I, I thought coming into the season and even at the start of the season that he was going to be distracted by his involvement in basically what's been going on in the world. Let's leave it at that. But he uh, continues to show that he is the best of the best. Uh, the excellence of execution, like Brett the Hitman Hart, and uh, <laughs> he uh, just keeps delivering. Oh, cue the music. <laughs> <laughs> the best there was, the best there is, the best there ever will be. So we go to the answer. Go Hamilton. Yes, yeah. sir. <laughs> and um, the so it was Hamilton first place, uh, Max Verstappen second place. And due to uh, Valtteri Bottas going out on uh, lap 18, Daniel Ricciardo, third place, Renault. First time a Renault is on a podium since 2011 uh, Malaysian Grand Prix. Can you guys guess who that was? I didn't even look. I know we, we talk about it. I didn't even check on it. I have no idea who it was. Giancarlo Fisichella? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nick Headfield. Nick Heidfield. Yep. Wow. Whoa. Damn, blast from the past. Exactly. He wasn't he one of the top ten drivers or something in, in that stupid yep. thing that they did with the AWS. Yeah, data? I believe he was one of the fastest drivers. You, see? you guys say. always denying him. But he even drove in Formula E, Nick Heidfield, at the beginning of the yeah, first time, he was yeah. still racing, yeah. So nine year uh separation between podiums for Renault. Daniel Ricciardo finally gets it done. He had gotten fourth place how many times before this race? I think it's three races in a row he's gotten fourth place or there or thereabouts. Persistence pays off, like he said on the on the radio. That I mean, he was due. It just needed he just needed a a, a Valtteri Bottas to retire from the race wow. because those cars are that good, man. So, so it, when we when that happened, I thought during the race I was like, all right, this is possible. We're gonna get a an odd podium here. yeah within yeah mm -hmm. so daniel ricardo um obviously he is a good driver in and of itself so there's that he is the, i think that he is the next best driver behind 
Hamilton, Max, and then it's Danny Ricardo. Some, you know, I have, obviously Yancey will disagree. He'll say Leclerc, but I think it's that close. He, yeah, it's, no. it's close. But I would, I would still give it to Ricardo just because of the experience. And obviously, it shows the improvements in the Renault car and the Renault power unit engine itself over the course of the season. Safe to say, second best engine on the grid right now. Well, that's not that's not that many. <laughs> Um, well, you got four. Better than a Honda engine? Well, I, I I would almost say safe to say best engine on the grid right now. It's the rest of the car that doesn't come around, doesn't come. You think it's a it better part. engine than the Mercedes? So here's, a th- here's why I'm saying that, right? Mm-hmm. We see McLaren and we see Renault very competitive, right? We see Mercedes head and shoulders competitive. Where's Racing Point? Where's Williams? They're not... I think that with Mercedes, it's the rest of the car built around it that makes it so much much of a great package. Right. Versus the Renault. And you're saying that the Renault would be better just because it doesn't have as good of a package, but it's still competitive? That's what I'm saying, yes. And we've seen them be very good in these long speed tracks like Spa. They were actually very good. What do you think, Ruben? Valentino just made an awesome point when he said that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't disagree with that. Because yeah, the Mercedes engine, the only way where it plays that is actually really showing power and performance is with the, the you know, with the workers car, whatever, you know, with Works. their main yeah, you know, with the worst car. Mm-hmm. That's it. And but, you have the Renault engine the not only giving good results on the works car, but also on the McLaren too. Damn, wow. That was a nice, <laughs> nice one. I'll pat myself on my my arm yeah, already again. hurts. I'll, I'll keep patting myself on the <laughs> back. I'll give you a pat. Thank on you. Back. There you go. But um, I'm not giving it too hard. I want to you know destroy your shoulder. Um, Ruben, you had a point with uh, Leclerc and uh, Ricardo throughout the race. Yeah, yeah as, as Ricardo was trying to climb up, Hema and because remember Leclerc was what I believe he qualified for. So hold on. Um, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Let's just set the stage. Ricardo, uh, even though he started well, he ended up pitting early, but Leclerc p- pitted before him. So they they both pitted fairly early compared to the rest of the field. So they had to climb up. The, it was uh, only like six laps difference between when they pitted. Early. Yeah, right. But they had pitted before before, before the rest of the else, field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they ended up having to climb up the field. So now that it makes a little more sense <laughs> as to why they were together. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I was just saying. You know, just making a point regarding the the Leclerc and Ricardo battle for like two or three laps. That Ricardo was, you know. The Leclerc was very defensive, and Ricardo, which we know is an awesome overtaker, Leclerc did not make it easy for him. He actually did it, overtook him on a turn, not even on the DRS zones, because he couldn't. Leclerc was just that good, you know, getting on in or out of that racing line quick. Right. So Leclerc was ahead, and Renault, uh, I'm sorry, Ricardo was right behind him in six lap fresher t- tires, and it was a battle for, I'm sorry, Izzy, but for Ricardo in the better car. To overtake Leclerc, <laughs> it just shows how well. Like it was just some some good clean racing so Le- action. Leclerc pitted lap ten. Ricardo pitted lap 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 sixteen. They both went on the same tire. So, yeah. I, uh, as far as Leclerc is concerned, I think it, it, you see why I get excited uh, as being a fan of Leclerc because Leclerc. Not only is he quick, because he shows that in qualifying, um, 
obviously putting that Ferrari where it does not belong. And last year winning seven poles with the cheating engine before you guys say it. But either way, he's quick. He's he's quick over a, a, a lap. He can overtake when he needs to. He's a very aggressive overtaker. And to add to that, he's a very good defensive driver because he was actually holding up the rest of the field for those, what, three, for that three or four life span before Ricardo can get past him. Uh, and he was putting that car. It wasn't that it was a tight track. It was just that he was putting the car where Ricardo cannot get to him or cannot overtake him, even though Ricardo had the better car, the better engine, and fresher tires. So just to round out Leclerc's race, he started he started fourth because that's where he qualified, obviously, and he finished seventh. But it was just a, his car just it's not good. So he did the best he could. Put it in the points, man. But back to Ricardo. Um, maintained position uh, in that fourth uh, general vicinity, fourth and third general vicinity. Uh, towards the end of the race, we saw the master of tire conservation, Sergio Perez. Uh, he pitted, I think, I believe it was lap, yeah, lap 28 uh, onto mediums. Uh, and he was very quickly gaining on Daniel Ricciardo uh, between half a second and seven tenths of a second per lap. Um, he was fast, he was lapping as fast as Hamilton. He exactly. He was going to catch Ricciardo towards the end of the race, and what ended up happening is the the safety car came out at lap forty five after uh, who was it? Lando Norris uh, had to beach the car because he had the the power unit problems. That kind of robbed us of some drama at the end of the race, but. I, you know, it would have been a, uh, a nice fight between Perez and Ricardo. Ricardo, with the new tires, with track position on Perez, was able to finish out in third place. I was waiting for the shoey. Yeah. Yes. So I didn't get a shoey. As a result. None of us did. <laughs> what we will get, though, is a tattoo for Mr. Cyril Abidabu. Cyril Abidabu. <laughs> yes, that was their wager at the beginning of the season. Or at some point in the middle, whatever. Hope that a tramp stamp. <laughs> if Daniel Ricardo finished on the podium, that Cyril Abedable will get a tattoo of Ricardo's design and choice. So, excellent drive by Ricardo. That rounds out the top three for us. Um, kind of moving on into the midfield. A German honey badger. <laughs> That's what you think it's gonna be. <laughs> I hope it's it's a tattoo of Ricardo's face. Damn, <laughs> on the podium holding the trophy like that, or so he can remember him forever. Yeah. Oh my god! So onto onto the midfield. It would be tough to discuss the midfield without discussing Nico Hulkenberg, who started literally was on the couch Saturday morning eating tres leches, eating tres leches cake as as he's known to do. Started 20th <laughs> where he qualified, and from there was able to make his way all the way up. To, what was this? He made his way all the way up to uh, seventh, I believe. Eighth, eighth, eighth place, just behind Leclerc. Uh, scores himself four points, and he scores himself a total of 19 points on the season. <laughs> oh my god! From dude, from his couch to 19. eating tres leches. <laughs> he was Bruce Banner on his couch. There you go. And dude gets to the Nurburgring and turns into the Incredible Hulkenberg. Oh my god! <laughs> or the Incredible Hulkenback. 
Hashtag Hogan back. Let me actually correct myself. He has 10 points total, not 19. Um, he, I said it. It was me that said he had 15 points from before. Yeah. My no, bad. No, no, but he, he's got 10 points. So Matt, WTF1, obviously uh, WTF1 podcast, his tweet was, Sebastian Vettel has 17 world championship points racing the whole season. Nico Hulkenberg has 10. On two races. Three races. Two, two, two races. Two full races. More retiring. Yes, exactly. What is wrong with Sebastian Vettel? I don't get it. Because if your teammate can literally be a second ahead of you, and he's his team, Leclerc, can, can get into Q3, and Vettel can barely get into Q2 and sometimes not even get into Q2, I don't get what the problem is. Uh, You're a world championship driver. Guys like Hulkenberg should be sitting in their house. They should be racing. Yeah, come on, but you're going to say that Vettel's <laughs> a better driver than Hulkenberg? No, no. I mean, no, no. Uh, 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 Hulkenberg is a better driver than Vettel? Nope. No, no, no. You know, I don't know. We'll see next year. Yeah, but what does that say, man? I does mean, that say that he's not happy with his end? For example, you look at Lewis, and Lewis is a driver, or any good driver, that can get the most out of any car that they're in. Lewis has won a race every season that he's been in F1. And Lewis, when he makes a mistake, finishes top five, top six, top five, depending on, on what how big his setback is, but at least he gets the points and sometimes even on the podium. And I'm comparing him to Lewis because that is the caliber driver that Vettel is. You can't compare him to Perez or Hulkenberg or anybody in the midfield. He's a four-time world champion. Doesn't matter what the situation is. You got to drive the hell out of that car, and and we all know that you can get more out of that car because Leclerc is doing it. I think the coming to Ferrari was what shows showed um, Beto's flaws that you need the complete car package to win. And at that time, Red Bull had it when he went. So yes. I don't so, think he needs a complete car package. He needs the car set up in a certain yes. way. He needs a rear end. A car that does not snap on him on the rear end. He needs a stable rear end. I mean, you know, that's that's we know that about Vettel. But I still think that if you're that, you know, everybody used to used to the the big um the big knock on Vettel, which was just the same knock on Hamilton, is that when he was winning the championship, he had the best car. Now. You can say that about Hamilton, but there's a there's been races with Hamilton where he doesn't have the best car and he somehow gets a good result or even wins a championship. Um, but with Vettel, when you don't have a good car, it's been proven that if he doesn't have a good car, he can't take that car where where above where it needs to be. So yeah, it's it's coming true, I think. So yes, Nico Hulkenberg, <laughs> amazingly, very very close from to, eating tres leches. Yes, from eating tres leches, uh, participating in three race weekends is able to get ten points. Ten points. Um, tres leches from the Dominican Republic. Yes. Or? <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, he, he flies in and he's rich, man. He's, <laughs> he's good. It's not from the heights. No. <laughs> no. Um, Sergio Perez finishes fourth. Carlos Sainz fifth. Mister Pierre, great, the great Gasly. 
sixth place continues to just battle along, mind his own business, be able to get everything that he needs to get done, done. And this was another race where he just shows that maybe he does belong in that Red Bull seat. Um, do we see at the end of the year that Gasly is promoted? No. I hope not. Okay, why not? Uh, it seems to me that Gasly is a type of driver, much like Vettel, that the team has to be, you know, surrounding him and, 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 and behind him. At Red Bull, he won't get that, obviously, because that's Max's team. And with good reason, Max is a way better driver than Pierre Gasly. And I think what Red Bull needs to do is, is just to, to give Album a little bit more time, even up until next season, to see how he develops and gets used to that car and see if he can get closer to Max. I think the Achilles heel for Red Bull is that Red Bull has been quick to get rid of these young drivers and not give them time. And as a result, they have depleted their young driver program. And they have not been able to get anything out of that second car ever since Ricardo left. Ruben, what are your thoughts on... Uh, Gasly's uh, just that I maybe the the pressure of being on the top team was what that, that didn't let him develop. And besides the, besides the point that they're tailored... You know, to Max, they, all, the main focus goes to Max because obviously nobody's at that caliber yet. If Gasly, obviously he's showing in Atari that he does have the capabilities to be, you know, in the top team, but it is very tough to be in the top team at the pace that Max has the car for you to come up and try to be at that pace. It's going to be very tough for them to find a number two driver with the capabilities of Max or close. Yeah. All right, so... Um, show, goes to show you how hard it is to find a driver that not only will be quick, but will keep the harmony within the team. You know how... Um, Both how that how <laughs> You know how, how dog breeders mix breed and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. That's Max. His dad was a racer. His mom was a racer. They got together. Came out Max. <laughs> so you're saying that <laughs> they breeded him so, <laughs> in a special in a special kennel? Like what? The <laughs> wow. So you're saying that the child of Toto and Susie Wolf is gonna be like even greater than anybody else that we see right now. He'll be like the Gohan or hey, know. at least he'll he won't be, be he won't be a good driver, but he'll be a good team principal. There you go. Future? He'll be the greatest of all time, <laughs> the team go. principal. Yep. <laughs> Beyond that, the other two surprises were Roman Grosjean finishing ninth and Antonio Giovinazzi finishing 10th. Granted, we had five cars go out that, and most of them would have finished within the points, Norris, Alban, Ocon, and Bodas that we'll talk about later. The American team scored a point. That's a victory. Two points, us. yeah. Point so it points. brings their, their uh, total on the season to three points. Yes. Roman Grosjean's first two points on the year. It's better than Williams. Absolutely. So the only two drivers left without a point are... Um, Nick Latifi and uh, George Russell. Uh, Antonio Giovinazzi actually uh, impressed all weekend, it, and it just carried on through into the race. It and seems like Giovinazzi's feeling that fire in the seat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Or you, you think was that the Ferrari upgrade went down to also to the to the customer teams? Maybe. I don't think that was a much of a you the Ferrari's been making upgrades on their arrow, but they can't do much on the engine. Gotcha. So obviously you honestly you can't do anything on the engine. Right. So it's all arrow. So one thing that I wanted to point out for both Grosjean and Giovinazzi, Grosjean did a one-stop race. He did not stop during the safety car, which gave him track position, and he was able to stay in the points. Uh, he was up as high as seventh, I believe. And Giovinazzi also did not stop during the safety car period. He had stopped previously on lap 36. Safety car was lap 44. So they were able to maintain, get and maintain track position uh, to, to help them finish within the points. Anything else on the finishers in this race? Anything else of note? No, I mean it was it wasn't a straightforward race. It was a pretty good race. I can't believe I'm saying this, but the safety car in lap was a lap 45? 44, 44. The safety car actually killed the tension in that race. Yeah. Because what we were looking forward to. And what, there were like 16 laps? It was 61 lap race. It was 16, 17 laps left. 60 laps. 16 laps left. 60 lap race. 60 lap race. 16 I'm saying about lap. Lap, lap 44 when that safety car came out. Before that safety car came out, we were, obviously the top two were settled. It was going to be Max and, and um, I mean, it was going to be Hamilton tying Michael Schumacher. And we have uh, uh, Verstappen in second. But, the race was on if Ricardo was going to hold on to third with Sergio Perez breathing down his neck. Breathing down his neck with 16 laps left. He was lapping at one point a second faster than Ricardo, lapping at the same speed that Lewis Hamilton was lapping. I, if that safety car hadn't come out, and I wish it hadn't, it would have been a great race at the end to see who got the podium it would have been better for us fans i think that safety car killed the tension the safety car gave ricardo the podium (laughs) yeah pretty much yeah so uh, i that's why it was a good race i wouldn't consider it a great race i think it would have been a great race if we would have had that that tension building moment at the end to see who would have gotten third place agreed so reti- the one thing about this race, retirements, Boras, Russell, Norris, Ocon, and I, actually I believe Albon too, all went out with power unit problems. Uh, Boras, obviously, we talked about. He had a um, problem with the MGUK. Well, toss. Mm-hmm. Right. So a couple of things I wanted to mention. Number one, Norris goes out, power unit. He actually was fighting it almost all race. Uh, and McLaren from the pit wall was telling him, what to set the engine to to be able to try and fight these uh, issues that he was having. A boy something three, default three or something like that. And he's like, I can't. It's not working. He was frustrated the whole race. He's not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, from there, he retires. And what does he do? He sits on a deck chair similar to Fernando Alonso. On the deck chair. That McLaren energy. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's an awesome picture we have. Yeah, check out actually, our, 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 our Instagram. Socials. We, yep, check out our social. We have a nice picture of that. <laughs> so both of them together. There's that one. And and then the other, it this one really bo- this this whole thing really kind of bothers me. Uh Russell goes out with the power unit, but prior to that, uh he collides with uh I'm sorry, Kimi Raikkonen collides with him. Uh it was after turn one. Uh Russell is ahead. 
Kimi Raikkonen has plenty of space on the inside. He puts his front left tire into uh, George Russell, which launches him, turns him sideways, whatever. Also, uh, Albon um, clips Daniel Kavia, takes out his front wing, causing him to have to pit, etc. Gets a five-second penalty. Kimi receives his 10-second penalty uh, for colliding with Russell. What's the deal with the FIA, their officiating, the stewards? They don't give a penalty to Charles Leclerc, but these two guys get penalties. Yancy, I would like to hear your opinion on this. I think the stewards did a great job. (laughs) (laughs) They've been doing a good job all year. (laughs) 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 It's like uh, playing against the Patriots where they just don't get any penalties. No, I I see I see your point, Wells. I see your point. But stop stop picking on Charlie, man. No, no, no. They're picking on us. They're picking on the rest of the field. Charlie's doing whatever he wants. No seatbells, crashing into people. The 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 You have to be a Ferrari. Get penalties and have it, you know, sealed and all that other stuff. Uh, FI for a reason. Yep. No, but uh, I I see your point. Um, it, it was very similar to what happened with Leclerc and Stroll last race, where Leclerc was not penalized, um, and then they wind up giving for a very similar crash. Uh, a ten second penalty 10 to second Kimi. Penalty to Come Kimi. on! No, 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 no. But we got to go back to Yancy's point. That's and they decided it like right away. Oh, ten seconds. Yeah. Oh, that's no, it's no. such a flagrant violation. But did you see how far? Uh, no, no, no. How, how far Russell flew? Okay, Stroll went right into the wall, right next to him, and, and almost took out. It the wasn't cars. as bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, you know what it is, Wells? Wells, you know, Leclerc's last incident was first lap, first lap incident. So they get more yeah. little le- le- that, you know, leeway according to Yancy. I'm just, I just like to see, I just like to see Wells' face because he's thinking. <laughs> now, nah, but listen, Wells, I get your point. I see your point. The, the officiating has not been consistent. Because if you're gonna give if you're gonna give five seconds or ten seconds, at least give it consistently. Even if you're wrong, at least give it consistently. Yep. If I, I I I truly think that with Leclerc, it was because of a first lap incident. <laughs> okay. Look at what he does, right now. Does, I'm like the Doc he, Rivers gift. But he did. Like, but he did. Did he deserve the penalty? Yes, he, he drove into him. Yes. Yeah, he deserved the penalty. First lap or not? Yes. Uh, yeah. But you know, thank God they didn't because you know it's my guy Leclerc. <laughs> what do you guys think we're seeing or not we're seeing but today we saw five retirements that were potentially all power unit related the, I don't, that's I find it weird I don't know if it was because um, they didn't get enough running obviously the first two days to see how the power unit was going to react that they maybe didn't get it into the right engine mode um, and remember, they have to lock in the engine mode for qualifying in the race. That could be a possibility. Temperature could be a possibility. It was they cold. Could, it was cold, but they couldn't get the fluid. I don't know if they couldn't get the fluids to a temperature that they wanted. I don't, you know, I'm not too sure about that. Don't quote me on it, but that's a, that's another possibility. Uh, so because of not having any data, it caused no, I don't both this engine to go into limbo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It could be, it, you know, it's weird to see it because, and it wasn't like it was just across one manufacturer. Honda, uh, Renault, R- Renault Mercedes, Mercedes. All through. No, the only ones that didn't have any issue were Ferrari right. engines. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. <sighs> I guess we could claim victory where we can, right? Yes, yes. Uh, yes. That's why I can't let up, man. I got to take a, any little victory. 
this season. <laughs> Anything else to add about this race in general? No, but that, that saw apparently has a lot to say. Yeah, somebody decided to yeah. cut the grass at this time. We apologize for <laughs> it if that comes out on the sound, guys. So. He's having fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or he's not. He's cutting the grass or doing whatever. <laughs> Um, so coming out of this race, um, we ran through the order for finishing. But as far as driver championship wise, we have Lewis Hamilton. He is up 69 points on Valtteri Bottas from first to second. Max Verstappen has 147 points. He is down to Bottas. What is that? 14 points. And then the next closest taking fourth place now is Daniel Ricciardo, 78. Sergio Perez, 68. Lando Norris, 65 with another retirement. Uh, Alex Albon, 64, who it's incredible that he's still in seventh place. Charles Leclerc, 63, hanging tight. Lance Stroll, 57, and then Pierre Gasly, 10th and 53. Actually, let's also include Carlos Sainz, 50, uh, 51 points. He's in 11th. So separating 5th through 11th is 17 points. Should be good. Do you think you think uh, Ricardo runs away with this already? Uh, no, it's still too close. It's still too close. I don't think anybody runs away with it, it because here's what I'll say. We saw Lando Norris and uh, Esteban Ocon retire today. We know that the Renault has reliability issues from previous years. I have to imagine that he's going to start seeing problems too. Maybe he's just been lucky this season. That has been the Achilles heel of Renault this season. Uh, this Since they went to turbo hybrids. Yeah, but I mean, it's just how... You know, they, they they seem to put good races on, but they can't finish both cars sometimes. Uh, today was Esteban with, you know, engine issues. Uh, Ricardo's been very lucky where he hasn't had too many DNS, but that car is just, unfortunately, they have to work on their reliability. The engine is good. Um, as we mentioned before, the car seems to be making a step up. They got decent drivers. They need to fix their reliability. Constructor-wise, we have uh, Mercedes at 391, Red Bull at 211. Fun fact, Mercedes is actually getting real close to being able to clinch the Constructors' Championship uh, with a couple of races left. I think we said it was six races left this season. Yeah. Um, it may not, it's not going to happen next race, but we could be talking about it for uh, two races from now. Uh, which I think would be Turkey. I'm not really sure, but uh, behind them is a really tight race for third place. Third place right now is uh, Racing Point at 120 points. Fourth place is McLaren at 116. And fifth place is Renault at 114th. So six points separates three constructors in the battle for third place. Um, Pretty much similar to the, the midfield and the drivers. Right. So how much did it hurt to have Lando and Esteban Ocon go out today. The, you know, the, that, that reliability is the difference right now. Yeah, just watch those three teams to the Only end of the season. You're going to get the most entertainment uh, just watching those three teams race each other on the track and where they finish in the Constructors' Championship. And, of course, the battle for eighth place in the Constructors. Alfa Romeo has five points and Haas has three points. We'll see. Let's go Haas! Williams is only behind by five points. I think Haas can catch up to Alfa Romeo. (laughs) Just putting it out there. (laughs) Two points. (laughs) Uh, Gentlemen, that's about all I got for uh, today's uh, race review. 
Yes, you have anything. If that's all you got, buddy, that's all I got, my friend. Ruben? I'm going to make sure I send this so guy a message to stop it. That <laughs> <laughs> happens. Uh, all right. So just uh, want to plug the, plug our uh, socials once again. Uh, on Instagram and on Twitter, it's at Jump to Start F1. On YouTube, Jump to Start Racing Podcast. On podcast platforms, uh, regarding podcast platforms, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. I couldn't hear you over the song. Can you repeat that again, please? <laughs> Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio as far as podcast platforms. Everywhere. Yes. At Jump to Start F1, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we actually tweet a lot during the race, so it'd be nice to, to get some interaction. Uh, join us next week for the race preview for Portimao. We'll see you guys then. Bye, guys. Take it. Peace. Peace.